The word that I have on my heart tonight is found there at the end of verse 28. I remember discovering this verse about 30 years ago or so, and it has stuck with me all down through the years. I will go and see him before I die. I will go and see him before I die. In this 45th chapter of Genesis, the patriarch Jacob has just received some very stunning news. He has just learned that his son Joseph, whom he believed to be dead, was actually alive and well. In fact, he was serving as the prime minister of the land of Egypt, the most influential power of the time. Jacob could hardly believe his ears. Could this news be true? Why had it taken so long for these good tidings to come to his attention? The old man had many questions. Why had Joseph not made some contact before now? How had he come to be in Egypt in the first place? How had he become such an influential figure and important man in that land? These were just some of the questions the old man wanted answers to. He could hardly take it all in. Joseph is still alive. There were many things about the whole story that he could not understand. But there was one thing he did know. He had an important decision to make regarding what he was going to do in the light of the amazing news that he had just received. Would he go and see Joseph? What did he decide to do? Well, verse 28 supplies the answer. Excitedly, and with a heart pounding within, the old saint of God exclaimed, I will go and see him before I die. Now, these are very interesting words and very suggestive, especially when considered in a gospel sense. Let me explain. When Jacob uttered these words, Joseph, his beloved son, was obviously on and in his thoughts at that time. However, I want you to see the Lord Jesus Christ here, for if you do, it will give this verse a whole new meaning. So lifting these words out of their proper context and proper setting, let me show you what I mean. I will go and see him, that is Christ. I will go and see him before I die. And I trust that before this meeting comes to an end, if you are still an unbeliever, we're glad to see you. We're not here to point fingers. We welcome you warmly in Jesus' name. But if you still are unconverted, I trust and I pray that this will be your choice. This will be your decision tonight. I will go and see Jesus before I die. I have three very simple things. I don't intend to be very long but I want to share these things with you tonight. First of all, we want to think about what Jacob realized. I will go and see him before I die. So that's really what Jacob realized at this particular point of time. I'm going to die some of these days. He was well advanced in years. He was 130 years old at this point of time. And we know that he lived another 17 years, so he died when he was 147 years of age. 
And during this period of time, all those years, he'd lost many friends, many family and neighbors, friends and loved ones. And then in most recent times, there had been the famine. The country had been devastated. Death and decay were all around. The presence of death was everywhere present. He could not escape a shadow. Moreover, he realized his day is coming. Have you realized this just yet? This past uh, number of weeks, for me and my family, it has been deaths and funerals. Deaths and funerals. Genesis chapter 35, for example, is a chapter of funerals and deaths. Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died in that chapter. Rachel, Jacob's wife, died in that same chapter. Isaac, his father, died. So these loved ones had passed on. They had crossed over the great divide into eternity. It's a chapter of deaths. It's a chapter of funerals. And each time Jacob stood at the open grave or the open cave, he was reminded of his impending departure. Death preached a solemn message to him. Jacob, your day is coming. Let me remind you, with all my compassion, with all my strength and energy, your day is coming. Death is coming to us all. And these bereavements show Jacob that nothing is permanent. We can take nothing for granted. All is changing. All is passing away. The house on the sand fell. Belshazzar's kingdom came to an end in one night. He never thought that would happen, but it did. Jericho was conquered. The people who lived behind those solid walls felt it was an impregnable city, but it succumbed, it fell. And so at this particular time and during those years, the thoughts of eternity were always to the fore in his mind. The leaves are on the tree one day and the next day they're gone. We are just passing through this old sin-cursed world. What a cesspool it is, by the way. Job says, when a few years are come, then I shall go the way whence I shall not return. Listen to it. You're going the way whence you will not return. One of two destinies, heaven or hell. We're all traveling along the same road. The only difference is the destination. Some here in the house of God tonight have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They're going to heaven, not because of anything that they achieved or accomplished, but because of grace. And there are some here tonight, you've never had that change of heart. You've never repented of your sins and believed the gospel, tragically, sadly, unfortunately. I have to say it. I can't hold it back. I've got to be truthful. I've got to tell you the truth. The end for you will be a lost eternity. But I hasten to add, there's mercy with God. Think about it, the time, a few years the solemn truth, I shall go, and the tragedy, I shall not return. We had a cherry tree in our garden, the manse in Ballygowan, beautiful. And then one morning we got up, there had been a bit of a storm that night, and all the petals, all the beautiful flowers were gone. Life is swift, and life is short. Even if we live to a grand old age, uh, a ripe old age, 
it is soon cut off and then we fly away. The Bible does say, and you've heard this many times before, that life is like a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You've probably boiled the kettle in your home. The ladies have made the dinner, the potatoes and so on. You see the steam? It's there for a little time, then it's gone, disappears, just like life. Thus, our time on earth is precious. For our souls, it is a valid decision. The vestibule to eternity. It's the only, uh, only in this life do we have the opportunity to prepare for the next life for eternity. Some would describe eternity as being like God winding up a, a giant clock and setting the pendulum in motion as it swings from side to side. Its solemn ticking seems to say forever and ever, forever and ever. Think about that. Eternity is forever and ever. A long time, no ending. Forever and ever. If you die unconverted, you'll remain unconverted forever and ever. If you refuse to seek the Lord and go to hell, it will be forever and ever. No way back, no return, no escape, no second chance, no golden opportunity. Believe it tonight. Take heed to the message. This is God's word we have before us. It will be one of two places. Heaven or hell. Now Jacob lost something very precious when death came and visited his family. This happens to us all. Happens to us all. He lost his precious wife. Rachel died. She was actually part of him because when God brought them together, they became one flesh. What does a man profit it if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The soul of man is the most precious part of man. It never dies. You can lose your soul. Just the way Jacob lost his dear and precious wife. I've mentioned this before, but I take the opportunity again to remind you, Luke chapter 15 is a chapter of lost things, lost sheep, lost silver, the lost son, all were found. But in Luke chapter 16, we read of a man who was lost, a man who lost his soul that was never found. When he did lose his wife, Rachel, it was as they journeyed from Bethel a little way to come to Ephrath. Another name for Bethlehem. Genesis chapter 35, verse 16 to 20. Rachel was expecting her second child. Her condition was well advanced. The travel was rough jostled and jolted on the car carriage or the camel. She almost reached the place of safety where the child probably could have been delivered successfully, but she died on the way. Tragedy struck before she could get to her destination. She died in childbirth, but before she died, she gave her boy the name Benoni meaning son of my sorrow. Jacob didn't like that name. He didn't like to be reminded of what happened on that lonely road. And Jacob changed the name to Benjamin, meaning son of my right hand. 
The point I wish to make is this. She died outside Bethlehem, the house of bread, which points us to Jesus Christ. Do you see that? It's a wonderful title and picture, an illustration, but it teaches spiritual truth. You can leave it too late. You may be full of good intentions and hope to do this and hope to do that and become a Christian before you die. But you don't know when you're going to die. The way home in the car tonight could be your last journey. Things like this do happen. Even being seated where you are now, it's happened before. It can happen again. You could lose your soul here tonight. Die and go from church to hell. Lost forever. But I always have to say there's mercy with God. Many years ago in Kells uh, village, uh, we organized a gospel campaign. This is going back uh, 50 years ago. The Reverend McCray was the evangelist invited along to preach, and he preached with power. I went out around the doors, visited the doors, and met a man, and uh, I talked to his wife about the things of God. She was responsive. And he sort of argued a wee bit. I didn't like to argue too much with him. I, I said, I'll call before the mission comes to an end and I'll invite you again. He said, that's okay. I remembered the promise I made. Came to the last night or two and I went to the door, knocked on the door. I said, you remember me? Yes, I do. Well, are you going to come to the meeting? No, I'm not. I'm not going to come. Mission passed. I met one of the men from that area. I think it was the following Tuesday. Maybe the following Thursday. And he said to me, you remember the man you talked to in the door? He said he was buried on Tuesday. Missed a golden opportunity. But I told him the truth. I preached Christ unto him. So here we have this first thought. What Jacob realized... I will go and see him before I die. I'm going to die. Then, in the second place, what Jacob regretted. He said, I will go and see him. Jacob had one great regret in life that he had not been reconciled to Joseph, the long-lost son. Do you get the gospel picture here? Are you seeing it? Joseph is a type of Christ, beloved of the Father, betrayed by his friends, bought by his foes, brought forth by his friend. Death is approaching, and you are still not reconciled to God's beloved son, the one who went to the cross of Calvary, not for sins he committed, because he loved the world of sinners. He loved the people the Father had given to him in eternity. He didn't deserve this, but he went in spite of that, because he loved his people unto the cruelties of the cross, and he submitted himself to the cruelties and the agonies of the cross. The whip, the spitting, the buffeting, the nails piercing his hand, and feet and the sword piercing his side, wearing the crown of thorns for sins of his people. The message of the Bible is, be ye reconciled to God through the death of his son, through the work he accomplished in purchasing salvation for ill-deserving, hell-deserving sinners, that they might be reconciled to God and guaranteed a place in heaven forever. Hallelujah! 
There's a place called heaven. And I trust that you'll press it into the kingdom tonight. And you'll flee from that place called hell. One day all the ungodly and all the filth and all the immorality will be cast into that fearful place of eternal darkness. What a place hell will be. Every filthy creature there. In that place of eternal doom. Jacob had been deceived for years to the truth about his son. He thought Joseph was dead, while in reality he was alive. And the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who believe not. The devil's a deceiver. He doesn't want you to believe the gospel that Christ died for sinners. That he was buried and raised again the third day from the dead. That he ascended to God's right hand and he's coming again. And there's power to liberate. There's power to save and set sinners free. He doesn't want you to get this message. The people the world over hate this little black book we have in my hand tonight. Every cult and every filthy thing hates the black book that's on this desk. The word of the living God. Because it tells the way of salvation. It condemns man because of man's sin. But it points to the grace and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. This man receiveth sinners. This man. It's in a man, not a creed, a denomination. It's in a person called Christ. Jacob, therefore, was convinced that he would never see Joseph. He had no hope of ever seeing Joseph. He had died, and that was the end of the story. But it was not true. All the time due to Joseph's typical death, remember, he was cast down into the pit. Then he was raised out of the pit. There's Christ going down into the place of death. Christ has been raised from the dead. And then Joseph was exalted to the place on the throne down there in the land of Egypt as the prime minister, if you like. He had been exalted to a place of preeminence and power to give life to needy men and women who were perishing because of the famine. The Bible does say in Genesis 37, 34, that Jacob mourned for his son many days, and he said, I will go down into the great mourning. Thus the father wept. How hopeless and how helpless a situation without the beloved son. So we have this picture of this man mourning and grieving. He's weeping. And he seems to have no hope. Remember the time that the apostle was on the vessel in Genesis 27 going to Rome. Uh, it was a doomed ship, by the way. And all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. No sun, no stars, no light, always darkness. Maybe that's the way it is with you today. You feel you have no hope. There's no possibility that you could be saved. Don't let the devil fool you any longer. Believe the gospel. There's liberty in Christ, you know. There's salvation for all those who will come. Him that cometh to me, I will no ways cast out, he says. When the famine was raging down in the land of Egypt and in the land of Israel, Joseph opened the storehouses and provided sustenance for the people to live by. And Christ hath provided a great salvation. He's opened the storehouses of heaven and he invites men and women to come and taste and see that God is good and God is merciful. Just at the time when Joseph 
When Jacob felt there was no hope, he heard this amazing message. Joseph is alive. Hallelujah. Joseph is alive. What a message to a hopeless, lost soul. Jesus is alive. That's it. That's the message of the Bible. Jesus is alive. He has triumphed over death and hell. Joseph had become the Egyptian savior. He had made a great provision. <coughs> Food was available. And so he opened the storehouses uh, and provided all those who desired food. He provided that to them. Food was available. The Bible says, whosoever will. Salvation has been provided. It's available to all who come and taste and see that God is good. And Jesus says, come unto me. Not to a pope, not to a priest, not to a preacher, not to a prophet, not to a pastor. Come unto me. We must come to Christ. And the message that Joseph sent to his father uh, with his brethren, make haste, make haste and come down. The Lord's words to Zacchaeus was the same, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Now you, you get this comical picture of this little man, he was a little of stature, and he wanted to see Jesus as he passed by, and he's up the tree, you see. And he's looking down, and Jesus lands right at the bottom of the tree, and he looks up to this little man. I'm sure he was embarrassed when Jesus stopped there at the foot of the tree. And then Jesus spoke to them, and he said, listen, Zacchaeus, come down, for I'm going to abide at your house today. And the wee man came down that day, saved by grace, washed in precious atoning blood. Make haste and come. That's the message tonight to you. The message is the same in both Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's a sense of urgency. And so the message was brought by Joseph's brethren, Tell my father. It's a personal message. Tell my father. Maybe you're a child of God tonight and your father's unconverted. Tell your father about Jesus. Tell your mother about Jesus. Tell your mother about the mercy and the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Pray that God will be pleased to take the message and bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now the point is this. Jacob had sent his sons down to Egypt before for food. But he had never gone himself. And now the invitation was to the father, I want you to come down. Tell my father to come. Others in your family have come. Brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts have come, but you haven't come. You might send your children to Sunday school or children's meetings, but you'll not come. Why don't you set an example and by leading them to the house of God, bring them to the house of God, uh, attend to the means of grace with your family. And pray that God will bless the family and use the family and save the family by his grace. You will not come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. This was a message from Joseph, the one who had been in the pit, the one who had been in the prison, the one who was now in the palace. Do you see that? Down in the pit, in the prison. Now he's in the palace, the place of authority. He was a prince seated next to the king on the royal throne and he was giving this invitation to his father, to his brothers, to the whole family to come. Come! 
and I will place you in the best part of the land of Egypt, Goshen. I have a place for you here. A little girl was dying. The parents had been separated. They had been quarreling for a time. They were thinking about getting a divorce. The little girl took very seriously ill. Both parents rushed to the hospital. It was a very sad sight to behold. The little girl wanted the mother and father to be reconciled. And as she was dying, she reached out and she took her mother's hand. With the other hand, she took the father's hand and brought it to her tummy. Put the hands on top of each other, indicating that she wanted them to be reconciled. That was her dying wish. And the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross. He died in atoning death to prove his love for sinners. It's his will that you be reconciled to God through his death, through his sacrifice, through the salvation he purchased by dying on the tree of Calvary to atone for your sins, to forgive you your sins, to make you a new creature in Christ, to take you to heaven and home and to glory. So here, Jacob at first was afraid. He was afraid to leave. He had all his stuff to leave behind. And he was reluctant to move. And the message was, leave everything you have. What, what do you have? There's just misery in the land. There's a famine. What good are these things to you? Just leave these things behind and, and come down and see me. You know what convinced him? When he saw the wagons that Joseph sent to convey him down to the land of Egypt. Oh, he, he wasn't taking uh, the, the opinion or the, the, the word of the, of the sons. who He, he knew fine well uh, their, their trait and their character. Uh, he wasn't just taking everything seriously. But then when they looked out and they saw, they saw the chariots, the provision that Joseph had made, what did they say? He said it is enough. I'm convinced because of the provision that Joseph had made. And the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cruel cross of Calvary and he cried on the cross, it is finished. It is complete. The provision has been made. May you look to Christ tonight. Look to the finished work. Look to the cross of Calvary. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You've got to look to the finished work. It's an amazing work. An astonishing work. Available work. He did it all. All to him I know. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. My sins are gone. They're under the blood. Hallelujah. They'll never be reckoned against me again. And you can have that experience. Oh, you're sitting today in church and you feel guilty. Your past is weighing you down. Oh, you might think, how can I ever become a Christian? What can I do with the world and my worldly friends? And the message is, leave them all behind. Come and taste and see that God is good. And start loving as you've never lived before. He'll make all things new. He'll give you new friends. He'll change that heart. He'll break the power of the booze. He'll break the power of the tobacco. He'll break the power of the gambling, of the drugs, whatever it may be. 
He has power to set you free and liberate your soul and give you the life and the joy that you need. What? Jacob realized I'm going to die. What he regretted had not been reconciled to the long-lost son. And then what he said, what he resolved, I will go and see him before I die. I will go and see him before I die. Just like the prodigal. The prodigal said, I will arise and go. Jacob must go and see before his death. At first he didn't believe. I mentioned this already. But when he saw the provisions, he saw the wagons. That was enough. It is enough. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for sinners. Didn't think any more about it. He took action. He set out on the journey of a lifetime. Think of the excitement. Think of the great expectation. Joseph, the beloved son, at the end of the journey, gladly he left the old land and the old life for the new land and the new life better late than ever. As the saying is, that says he regarded not the stuff. He left it behind. Everything that he needed was provided for by Joseph. Some say, but look, what I have to give up. Well, what had he to give up? The barren, worthless land plagued with famine. What had he to give up? For all the wealth of Goshen, for that place especially prepared of God for the family to preserve the nation, everything that he needed was there. And Joseph, next to the king in the throne, was there to intercede on their behalf. And then he takes the journey. Oh, you can see them coming around 70. There's Joseph coming out in his chariot with all the dignitaries. Then old man gets a sight of the one he recognized to be his son. Joseph climbs down from the chariot, runs to the old man. Oh, can you imagine the scene? The old man's broken. He's weeping. He's overjoyed. He can hardly take it in. There he is, Joseph, in all of his glory. The beloved son at last, Joseph. I never thought this day would come, but oh, Joseph. And you can see them embracing. The embrace of love. Father, Good to see you, Joseph. Joseph said, it's good to see you, Dad, Father. What a reunion that was. You can put yourself into the picture, into the frame. Instead of Joseph, it's Jesus Christ. The one who was crowned with the crowd of thorns, is crowned with glory now. The one in his glorified body in the presence of the Father. With all the scars of Calvary still upon that glorified body. He's coming. He's there. He's standing tonight with outstretched arms. And he's saying, come unto me and I will give you rest. That's his message. And he means it. He knows who you are. He knows where you're at. He knows the life that you've been living. But he wants to make things better. 
He wants to make things new for your experience. So after this happened, we have this great gathering, this embrace. What did Jacob say? Now let me die. He was ready to die because he had been reconciled to the long-lost son. He was ready to die. But he didn't die that day. No, the next day or the next year, he lived for 17 more years. He had Joseph for the first 17 years of his life, or thereabouts, and he had Joseph for the last 17 years of his life. The Lord can give you what you've lost and much more because he's a God full of mercy. And then Jacob said to Joseph, don't bury me down here in Egypt. It says, carry me up out of Egypt. We are not of this world. He said, I want you to bury me in Canaan. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm going to Canaan above. I'm going to the new Jerusalem, washed in the blood of the Lamb. So he didn't want to be buried down in Egypt. Take me home to be with my fathers. And that simply means heaven. That's where the fathers, his forefathers had gone to. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I come to a close. A young man wanted to find a pub many, many years ago. It was appropriately named as a hell hole. It was called Hell's Gates. So he came to this policeman. It may have been in London. I'm not sure where it was, but I think it was in England somewhere. And uh, the policeman was a Christian. And the young man said, can you show me the way to hell's gates? And I say, the policeman was a Christian. He wanted to get the message across. The pub was on the same road as Calvary Baptist Church. And he said to the young man, just you go on down past Calvary and you'll come to hell's gates. All right, simple illustration. It's a pointed illustration. I think it's relevant. It's not just put in there to take up time. But the message is very simple. If you go down past the cross where Christ died for sinners, in your sin and in your darkness and pass by the cross, you'll come to hell's gates and you'll be lost in the darkness forever have I made the message clear do you understand what I've said tonight my message to you is repent of your sins believe the gospel trust in Jesus Christ alone to save your never dying soul and flee as fast as you can to the cross get under that divine protection under the atoning sacrifice and know the forgiveness of sins and hope at the end of the journey of life. I will go and see him before I die. What Jacob realized, I'm going to die. What he regretted, he had not been reconciled to the long lost son. And what he resolved, I will go and see him before I die. May God bless his word. May God bless you. And if I can be of any help or any of the ministers here 
or elders. If you feel you can talk to them easier, feel free to do so. But listen, now is the accepted time. Now. 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 Right now.